Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have representatives from the Party for Socialism and Liberation Florida branch. So welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. Let us get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Okay, yeah, my name is Garrett Kamferman. Um, I joined the PSL in 2019. That's right when I was entering community college. I've always lived in the uh, St. Petersburg area, which is uh, in the, the middle section of Florida. Um, yeah, I've been with the party ever since. Um, I'm 21 currently. Um, um, I'm excited to talk about the party and more uh, political developments. Excellent. So kindly tell us what caused you to the party. Hello? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hey, Ruth, um, the interview just is uh, started. Yeah, friends, okay. we also have Hi, a, Hi, Ruth. We also have a Ruth Beltran, who's also a member. So let us, before we get into that question, we ask you, Garrett, Ruth, can you kindly give us a brief introduction to yourself, a bi- biographical sketch? Oh, sure, definitely, yes. So my name is Ruth Beltran. I am an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. I migrated here when I was in middle school. I grew up in the Bronx and ended up leaving the Bronx when I was 19 um, because I, I, it was very difficult to make ends meet. I, I had two jobs and I was still struggling um, just to put food on the table. So I ended up moving to Syracuse, New York. And I was in Syracuse for about 11 years. In Syracuse, I was able to work and have, um, you know, Syracuse has a much lower cost of living. So I was able to work just one job and work full time. I'm sorry, and go to school full time until I completed school. And then just because it's a small town and, you know, the, the convenience of having a lower cost of living there, I ended up staying even after I finished college. Once I finished, I finished college, um, I had an opportunity to, you know, not be as busy as I was when I was doing school and work full time. And I was able to look around and see all the problems that were affecting the community, my community at that time. Um, and that is sort of what led me into organizing. And that's how I became, uh, I began um, getting involved with different organizations um, you know, fighting racism and, and just began fighting against different issues. Um, and, and that's what brought me into organizing. Sounds good. Thank you for the background, Ruth. Garrett, kindly tell us what led you to the PSL and Ruth, kindly do the same. Yeah. Okay. So um, I joined the PSL uh, just frankly because it was one of the first um, socialists parties that I came across. Um, I started uh, getting politicized um, once I entered community college. Um, I mean, I'm part of uh, the younger generation, um, the one that's coming up. Um, so a lot, you know, it's, it's not hard for us to see all the different issues um, in the U.S., you know, just whether they be mental health or 
or poverty um, or just environmental disasters that are, are taking place on a lot more regular basis now. Um, yeah, and through that, um, I, I guess I can answer why I stayed in the PSL for so long, though, even though it was one of the, um, the first socialist parties that I, I came across. Um, I've been a member, a consistent member since uh, 2019. And um, I mean, that's just because of the quality of the work that the PSL does. I mean, every member um, is placed to a high standard. Um, you know, we're expected to be committed to the different areas that we live and, and, and help out working class people and build working class political power. Um, just as important, probably more important um, than the you know daily acts that we do. <laughs> um, right. Yes, and I I joined PSL. It's an interesting story when I tell this story because I began organizing with PSL and and. Sorry, Ruth. It sounds like you're cutting out. Sorry. Hello. I know she's she's out she's on the road at the moment. It might take her to a second to reconnect. Okay, thanks for. Yes, is that better now? Can you hear me? Yes, it's better. Okay, perfect. Um, can should I repeat myself? Yeah, if you don't mind, that'd be great. Yes, perfect. Um, so this is always an interesting story um, about how I joined PSL because I organized with PSL and Answer Zone Coast for four to five years in Syracuse without joining them. Um, however, then I moved to Florida and once I moved to Florida, I began looking around for organizers and, you know, Answer Zone Coast again um, so that I can organize with them. And, and that's how I ended up joining the party. Um, I began organizer, organizing with Brian Ellis, who's you know one of our older comrades uh, at the Tampa branch. And then from there, um, I began through my friendship with him and through study groups, um, I began just learning more about the system and the system of capitalism and imperialism. And that began just raising my political consciousness and, and, and learning more about, you know, the rea our reality outside of, of reforms. Um, so I decided to join PSL and, and it has really been one of the best decisions of my life. I feel so empowered um, in organizing through PSL in the organizing that we do, I, I just feel very empowered and and like you know we can really fight back and organize to create the world that we want to live in. Yeah, and I just want to add on to what Ruth said real quick. Um, I mean, in the party, we're all united uh, by our belief that capitalism, uh, which is the economic system we live under, um, is is the core thing that really drives all our society's issues. Um, from everything I mentioned earlier, like poverty, um, the environmental destruction, uh, mental health issues, um, no health care, just things like that. Um, we're all united by that belief. Um, and we're a multinational party. We also come from all different backgrounds, you know, like how Ruth mentioned earlier, she she's from the Bronx or she emigrated to the Bronx and lived there for quite a while um, and then came down to Sarasota. And I, I've always uh, lived in the area. So Sounds good. So kindly explain 
the campaigns and issues your branch is doing were and working on in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So we've had a, a number of campaigns. Um, I, I think the one that we're most focused on right now, um, and then Ruth, I'll, I'll probably pivot to you and you can talk about um, the radio show and then Liberation Breakfast. Um, has oh, been sure. Tampa Tenants Union. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's been the Tampa Tenants Union. Um, we started organizing at Ascot Place Apartments, um, which is where I currently live, because there were a large amount of issues. Um, you know, sewage was coming up from people's sinks and uh, bathtubs. Um, this complex was built in the 60s, so the piping is, is very, very old. Um, also, maintenance requests were being deleted. They weren't being fulfilled. And if they were fulfilled, you know, it would take a week or two just to um, uh, replace a light bulb or something simple like that. So a lot of the residents, um, you know, began just to have to take money out of their paycheck um, to, to, for repairs in the apartment, which shouldn't be necessary, especially when you pay rent. I mean, that's the whole purpose of, of paying rent in the complex is so that they can prepare the things that need to be repaired. Um, and so we started organizing, we started going door to door. We found that, you know, a lot of the people had the same issues here. Um, we created a demand letter um, and we were able to get over 140 signatures at this point from all the residents that live here. It's a 241 unit complex at Ascot. Um, and through that, uh, management actually hired more maintenance workers, um, which was a, a key point of our demand letter. And I, and I encourage people to look up Ascot Place Apartments, um, Tampa Tenants Union. There's been a few news stories that have been written about this um, by the Tampa Bay Times, which is a large uh, regional newspaper, and then by a smaller, um, you know, generally left-wing uh, publisher called CL Tampa, which also did, you know, an awesome write-up. Um, but now, um, because we're still str struggling at Ascot Place and still issuing demands and trying to extract more uh, concessions from management, um, we're, we're going on to Tampa. We actually established Tampa Tenants Union, which encompasses the whole city. Um, we're, we're great friends with St. Petersburg Tenants Union, which has been doing awesome work in the St. Pete area. That there was actually a candidate in St. Pete that's running for mayor. His name's Robert Blackman. And he took over a complex a few years back, and now he's evicting um, members of that complex or that, those few units that have lived there for several years. Um, and St. Uh, SBTU publicized that. And they got him to uh, rescind the, the eviction notices, which was amazing. Um, and, and currently, um, we're looking at different complexes to get involved with. Um, there's a lot of, lot of bad landlords in the area. Um, and hopefully, we're going to be able to push back on that, um, you know, and hold them, hold them accountable and just increase tenant power, really. Um, we're also in contact with uh, tenant organizations in Miami and Orlando, um, just all over the state. And we're trying to uh, kind of bring about a statewide tenants organization, maybe issue a, a tenants, uh, you know, bill of rights for Florida. I mean, it, it's such a bad place to be if you're a renter. It doesn't have the same protections as, say, California or New York, um, just like unions, really. Um, so something that we care a lot about and we're hopefully going to be able to improve upon. Um yeah, we've also had um, a campaign around the unemployment insurance that was recently cut. Um, we held a press conference and we've also talked to a lot of working class people in Pinellas specifically, which is the county that St. Pete is in. 
um, about the cuts to the unemployment insurance. And we uh, ran a campaign based around that. Um, ultimately, the governor did cut the unemployment benefits, um, but we still uh, publicized the issue, um, which was successful. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can go to Ruth now and she can talk about how it's been in Sarasota, where she lives with Brian um, and the stuff that they do down there. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. OK, perfect. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's some of the things we worked on. We also worked very heavily on the Council the Rents campaign. Um, we had that one. We have that one going on for the you know, a very long time because we felt that due to the pandemic, the rents should, be, should have been canceled um, so that people were not pressed to move or, you know, accruing debt that, that was going to set them further back behind financially. So that's something else that we, that we have worked on. Um, we are also in collaboration with other organizations. We are working um, on the BDS campaign, um, trying to put pressures on different um, organizations in the area to boycott and stop doing businesses with Israel. That's something else that we are working on. Um, prior to the pandemic, we also held uh, once a month what's called Liberation Breakfast, which is sort of like a book and breakfast program where we come together and serve, have breakfast, um, you know, and, and eat and study with the community, kind of breaking bread together. Um, we also have a radio show called The Ruthless Truth, which is in the community radio in Sarasota, which is WSLR 96.5 in Sarasota. Um, and through that, we discuss political issues and again, try to raise the political consciousness um, of people. Um, another campaign that we were very heavily involved, um, although we no longer are, was the campaign to defeat um, the HB1 bill that um, Governor DeSantis was passing and, and successfully passed here in Florida, which you know it, we consider it to be an attack on protesters. Um, many people may remember that bill as the anti-protest bill, which basically looks to criminalize peaceful protesters just for engaging in the act of protesting the government. Um, so we were very heavily involved in that campaign as well. Um, but now we are very focused on the, the housing struggle, like Garrett mentioned. Um, and there's a, a great need for organization in that area. Um, so we are trying to just organize in, in, in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And because Ruth mentioned um, her radio show, which is excellent, really encourage everyone to check that out. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's so informative. It's incredible. And, and they talk about issues that are topical um, and that are relatable. Um, we're also um, involved in different protest movements when they pop up, like uh, the recent Palestinian protests that occurred nationwide. There were large demonstrations in Tampa. Um, we were heavily involved in that. <laughs> and just in general, um, we try to provide political education through every step. Of, of what we do really, like that's a, a huge aspect of being in the party. I mean, just historically look back at these different left-led movements, um, the civil rights movement, the, you know, the great worker struggles in the, in the 1930s, 
um, that led to the formation of the Congress for Industrial Organizations, the CIO, which became the largest labor organization in the U.S. Um, political education was always a huge part, um, and socialists and communists played a you know a huge role in that, um, in providing working class you know popular education. Since you mentioned labor unions, I wanted to ask you about PSL and labor unions. Most socialist and leftist parties and organizations support labor unions, so I imagine that you do. I've looked at your stuff and I haven't seen, the stuff I've looked at hasn't addressed labor unions, but I imagine you address it somewhere. So here's what I'm going to ask you about labor unions. The IWW, for example, believes labor unions are not all the same. They talk about business unions versus radical unions. So how does PSL view unions? Are they all good? Are some of them good? Or how do you approach unions? Yeah. So there's a saying, there, which is any any labor union is better than no labor union. Um, and that's that's our party stance. I mean, we encourage every member to get involved in workplace organizing, even if there currently is a union there to try and create a union. Um, but right. Even during the even for the case of existing unions, um, we, we encourage members to participate to not break off and form, a, you know, a different union that has you know, no, no basis of support. Um, of course, you know, when you participate in the union, you want to influence that and, and bring it more to the left, um, you know, make it more radical, um, you know, really, you know, like instill a kind of spirit of resistance in the union. Um, if there is none, if there's a history of business unionism, um, we all encourage that. Um, I mean, but locally, um, yeah, we try and support labor unions whenever possible. I mean, currently the frontier workers in, in Tampa are struggling against their employer, um, frontier communications, um, because the employer is being resistant and not offering a decent contract. Um, they're, I believe they're trying to keep the wages the same. Um, and also there's cuts to the healthcare. Um, and so they had a demonstration during the Super Bowl, and we went out to support that, um, to show solidarity with the workers um, and who are in the IBEW, IBEW. Um, and um, more recently, we have members involved with the, you know, the ongoing SCIU campaign um, to help organize workers in the South, um, particularly at Tampa International Airport. Um, there's an ongoing campaign there to um, get workers unionized. Um, and of course, we support that. Um, we help out whenever possible. Yes, we do. And we were also outspoken when Governor DeSantis was also trying to pass the anti-union bill. Um, and we supported, you know, I, I had some of the unions be part of the radio show and just help them gather support to defeat this, ter you know, that terrible bill that that was just looking to destroy the unions, really. So the Party for Socialism and Liberation has a podcast called Liberation Audio, and it talks about various topics, such as some that you've talked about today. Kindly explain to our audience what the podcast is all about. Yeah, so the, we have a few podcasts. Liberation Audio is one. Um, I believe that's the one that takes... Um, online segments um, from Liberation News where we cover a, a, a large amount of topics 
um, or a large number of topics, excuse me. Um, and those are usually current event-wise. We also have Liberation School, which I believe is a different podio, uh, podcast slash audio, and that's up with the SoundCloud as well. And that covers more in-depth topics for political education, um, like what Marx, Lenin, uh, you know, what some of the Black Panthers wrote, things like that. Um, we also have the Socialist Program with Brian Becker. We have Breakthrough News on YouTube. There's also an auto, audio format for that. We have a, a labor uh, program specifically through Breakthrough News, which is called, uh, I believe, The Picket Line um, with Monica Cruz. Um, so we have like a, a high, a huge amount of, of political education um, podcast because we want that stuff to be accessible. You know, um, we want people to be able to listen to it when they're driving to work or when they're on the clock. Um, you know, usually if the manager can't catch you, you can listen to something um, for a while. Um I used to work at Amazon and we would, um, they, they would frown upon it. I tell you to take out the, the earphone, but, um, if you were careful enough, you would be able to listen to music or podcasts or something. Um, but yeah, Ruth, would you add on anything to that? No, I'm just grateful that we have so many resources and that people are, are, are able to, we facilitate people turning to alternative media, um, to listen to news and to, you know, get analysis on, on what's going on in our world. Um, so I'm just very happy that we have that. People can read, but also, like Garrett mentioned, if you're just in your car or you're able to put your headphones on and work, you just, it, it's easily accessible, which is great. Sure. So why, one thing that people do all the time, I see on the internet, whatever their perspective is, they like to define socialism, communism, and you get various definitions. And I'm sure a lot of them would make you cringe. So kindly explain to our audience how you define socialism and communism. Yeah, so we want the working class to have political power. That's, you know, the simplest definition of socialism. Um, it's not not exactly government spending. We don't want a huge capitalist welfare state. At the same time, we support reforms like Medicare for all that will improve the lives of the working class. But fundamentally, we understand that our state, the U.S. government and all institutions, you know, the intelligence agencies, the military, um, it's, it's a repressive, repressive apparatus. Um, the state needs to uh, be demolished. I mean, we need a workers' state. We need a workers' government that that uh, answer to the voices of workers that are representatives that re have representatives that are workers come from the working class. Um, yeah, I mean, communism. Uh, Marx wrote about it. It's a later later phase of socialism. It's after we have, um, you know, abolished class differences, basically. Um, it's when that every you know material, material scarcity, everyone has um, access to stable housing, employment. Um, no one wants for anything. Uh, things like that would lead to full communism, the, the end of class contradictions. Um, Ruth, would you add on anything to that? No, I agree with everything that you say. I, I define socialism um, to help understand that also as society um you know where we have a society actually run for and by people so you know in contrast to common to to our 
where we have just rich and wealthy making the calls um, and making decisions and laws to to their advantage, writing it to the complete disadvantage of the working class. Under socialism, we will restructure society, not just to give the appearance that the work a new constitution and law and that ensure that our society is for run for working people as well where the needs of the working class the needs of, of us as a collective of our society as a collective will be um is prioritized by by the constitution but communism of course you know it comes in later like eric explained um but it's basically a political and economic um theory and that advocates for um you know for an end to classes and also um, uh, for the common ownership of the means of yeah this is usually how they is through the through the the ownership of private property so he advocates for that so that we can have a real classless society and a society that is is run by and, and that benefits the working class and meets the needs of the people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to say that the party in particular, um, we base, we, we heavily study um, the different people's movements that have occurred and that have, you know, executed a revolution successfully. So in Russia and China, in Cuba, in Vietnam, um, we learn from all these different places um, and try and synthesize and bring out the things that worked during these movements. Like, what can we apply to the U.S. and what can't we apply? Um, and yes. like Ruth said, I mean, just, you know, a basic definition of the working class is the 99%. I mean, it's the people that that uh, don't own private property. It does, that doesn't mean personal property. It doesn't mean, you know, it's a joke online, you know, like socialists are going are gonna to come and take your toothbrush. It's like we don't, the aim isn't personal property. Um, it really is like the means of production, like Ruth said. So the, the manufacturing facilities, um, the private hospitals, um, the, the different, uh, um, uh, you know, factories um, that produce different things, um, the grocery stores, things like that. I mean, th those things should be publicly owned. They should be directed towards the benefit of the working class. You know, people shouldn't be, you know, property, uh, not property, but um, uh, apartment complexes. That's what I was trying to say. Um, you know, you shouldn't have to expend 33%, 35% of, of your monthly income on rent. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Um, but yeah. Or another 10% on childcare, like many families are spending right now due to the continuous high, um, high prices. Yes, it will be, it, it's a complete society, one that I know many people struggle to imagine because they are just used to the way things are run in the United States. And, and you know, sometimes you feel a little hopeless, but once you understand that, it doesn't have to be this way, but there are other ways that society can be organized, like in a socialist way that can benefit everyone. 
um, you know, then you just gain such insight and, and you feel hopeful that it can change. It doesn't have to be this way. It's only this way because this is what's benefiting the wealthy elite and, and the people that run this country and corporations. But in reality, once the working class decides to take power and to, you know, demand that the wealth of in this country is distributed among everyone, um, it will be a complete different world, and you'll be able, and you will see that we will we'll be able to fund so much. Like we will have funding for for everything that that's missing right now for for school that affect our society today. For which we are told that there's just no funding. All right. So kindly talk about how you encourage members of the party to practice socialism in their daily life. And let me give you an example. I can't explain how you would approach this. Let's say I run a food truck and I, and that's my livelihood. So how would I run a food truck in a way that would ensure I'm not exploiting others, that I am practicing socialism in my life? Mm -hmm. that's an interesting question um you know there are workers cooperatives that are that work out really well and you know, when you mentioned the food truck that's what came to mind if you do have a workers cooperative let's say you run it with two other people um and you're able to all provide for your families from there and use the money that comes in not just for your you know for your own benefit but distribute that equally among all the workers um, and, and and that's a way that you cannot exploit people because they are they will actually be receiving what they make and not just the difference right and, and, and I say that in the sense that if you go work in a factory you may make a given product and be paid ten dollars an hour and the employer turns around and sells that product for a hundred dollars and pockets the difference, which is the ninety dollars. Um, he pay you ten, and then ninety dollars go to their pocket, and that's how they build wealth. But just imagine working in a place where the wealth is distributed among all the workers. That will be a great benefit. Um, but to continue on the question of what, I, how I practice socialism, um, there are just so many ways that we can practice socialism. I'll give you an easy example. Um, we can reject thoughts of exploitation. You know, the whole thought in our that exists in our society today that, that tells us that people are worth based on how much they earned, right? There is always like, what do you do for a living? How much money do you earn? And we tend to um, value people based on, on what they can produce and, and the, the amount of wealth that they have. So we completely reject that. And we understand that working class people, even those that are making minimum wage are valuable members of our society and are not worth any less because they are making minimum wage versus the person that's making $30 an hour. Um, so th those are some ways, um, but also in a private lives, um, for example, at work, I, I always remind workers at every opportunity that they are the 99%, that we are the working class, um, and whenever there is an opportunity, um, such an opportunity that I had at my former employ employment, um, where management raised the production to the you know the workload to to a point where 
everyone working there was just overwhelmed with work. Um, and we were able to join hands together. And, you know, it, it creates a little bit of an uncomfortable situation because we, we tend to be told not to share much about our employment. Like we are told not to share how we, but then we can have pay inequality being rampant. Um, it, it was a little bit uncomfortable, but we did it. Like I approached other workers and said, hey, we can join hands together if we get support of the minority. able to fight back against management. And, and we did that. And we were able to revert the new production policy to what it was before. And we were successful at that. So I, I, I think that that's a way to practice socialism. Just, you know, just remembering that when we come together, we can be powerful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing is um, personal involvement wise, like our day to day, how do we practice socialism? Um, I mean, joining a party like the PSL, um, I mean, that's that has the, the greatest impact um, on the establishment of socialism and the struggle for socialism. Um, you know, because when we coordinate with other working class people, um, that's our real strength. Our real strength is in our numbers because we don't own the means of production. We don't have great amounts of wealth, um, but we can coordinate, you know, coherently with other working class people in an organization like the PSL, which is a real, you know, working class party. It's a party for the workers. Um, you know, and through the party, we can establish other political education programs. Um, we can ensure that, you know, uh, you know, the needs of the working class, uh, we, we can assist them. We can, we can help them out where possible. Um, and again, we can just help the, the struggle for socialism. We can help bring that about. So how would somebody join the party and otherwise support your party? Yeah. So to join the party, you can go to pslweb.org slash join. Um, we're also in the fundraising period where completely, you know, as you can imagine, funded by member donations, you know, charitable contributions from people who, you know, can't exactly be involved with the party on a day to day basis due to, you know, they have to take care of their kids, have to take care of their mother, anything like that, where they can't as um, they can't be as involved as they would like to be. Um, they contribute to the party. Um, different friends of the party, different organizations that, you know, like the work we do. Um, and support it. Um, that's called the National Fund Drive. We're in a period where um, public contributions are welcome. Um, that's pslweb.org slash NFD. You know, just 10 bucks, 25 bucks. It goes a long way. Um, it, it helps us send organizers to branches, to newly formed branches, um, and assist them in the creation of a new branch. I mean, it's very difficult when you're the sole member of an organization in, in a city or a town. Um, and don't and don't have any contacts you know you're just getting started in organizing some of the times um so we're able to send you know experienced organizers to places like that and help them out and grow the branch um we're also able to produce all the you know the great excellent media content that we talked about earlier um and make it high quality you know like make it attractive and, and, and make people you know actually want to watch it you know, it's not someone just strolling on for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. It's actually, it's entertaining. I mean, they make uh, learning very, uh, you know, accessible, basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ruth, would you add anything else? Um, no, but people, if you know, um, 
if you are, you can also be a friend of the party or join the party, like Eric mentioned. Um, but you can also join our different events or the different campaigns that we have going on. For example, in the housing campaign that Garrett mentioned, we have to do a lot of canvassing. We have to go out and, you know, just gather support and, and speak with different tenants. So people can also get involved in, in the different campaigns that we have, help out during protests or um, become a donor and, and donate money or even a, a, a patron where you can regularly donate to the party on a monthly basis. That, that's also that can also be done in our website. Um, and just continuing to to help out when we organize um, for the different issues affecting the, the working class. Thank you both for coming on the podcast today and sharing all the activities and the beliefs of your party. We appreciate hearing your views. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for having us. All the best to you and your party, and may you continue to flourish. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Bye now. Bye-bye.